0: hey guys it's rj
1: and angie
0: and this is the rich by intention podcast Our guest today is Matt Barcel. Matt is a certified resume writing expert with over 15 years in human resources and career advancement techniques. He manages MJW careers and provides assistance to companies in transition from downsizes to buyouts, as well as individual job seekers needing to advance their careers. In this episode, we discuss the great resignation, resume tips, and how to take control of your career. We really hope you get a lot out of this episode. As always, thank you for listening to this episode and be sure to follow us on Instagram at richbyintention for money tips and inspiration. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hi, Matthew. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm real excited about the show, and I appreciate the opportunity to to speak to your audience members here.
1: Awesome. Awesome. You know, for those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm Matt Wurzel. I'm a career coach slash. There's a lot of slashes in my world. So career coach, resume writer, interview trainer, LinkedIn profile optimizer and networker kind of thing. I've been doing this for 20 years overall in HR. I started off as a recruiter and kind of cut my teeth in staffing, leveraged that into HR recruiting, which was more in-house recruiting uh, at companies. And then I was a victim myself of, of uh, a layoff, kind of similar to what a lot of maybe the audience members are going through with the pandemic impacts. Mine was the, the the financial collapse. So I was laid off in early 2009. I kind of hung on as long as I could. And then they finally got rid of us. I was working for Johns Controls, which is a big company, and really enjoyed it. But you know, at that point, after the layoff, it was almost like the best thing that could happen, right? Because like, I was out in Los Angeles. I, I'm from Cleveland. Go Browns! And then, we kind of, we went out west. My wife and I didn't have many friends. We're trying to learn the acting stuff and writing and all that on the side at night and during the day. I was doing HR, and I kind of burned burned both ends to the point where once I did get laid off, I had this huge kind of anxiety collapse. Really, I just I was 100 100 pounds heavier, overweight. wasn't going to church anymore. Just worried about success with nothing else, and there was really no you know, I just didn't have any direction. And so it, I felt it. Right. And so at that point I said, well, you know, I got to get through this, but I also got to start figuring out my next, you know, why. And, uh, parlayed that into, Hey, you know what? I've been doing resume writing on the side as a recruiter. So why not kind of just see what happens. And, and as soon as you get that first check or, you know, back then there was checks, there's these things called checks where you write them to make payment transactions, uh, kids, <laughs> I got the uh, the first one. I go, oh, cool, sixty five bucks. Whoa, this is real. <laughs> and uh, twelve years later, I'm I'm happy and thriving, and life's completely different. And just it was like the darkest, but then there's always that light, you know. So the layoffs, no matter how heavy, you're gonna get through it. And as long as you kind of strategize properly and actually do stuff, like you can't just think about it all the time, but actually start implementing things, turn around. So I'm I'm couldn't be happier now. I don't do recruiting anymore. I have a little bit of that activity, not as full on as the actual coaching and resume writing now.
0: Yeah. So, so you mentioned you made a change, right? And it was life changing, right? And the first thing that comes to mind today is the great resignation. Millions of people are leaving their job no longer loyal to one company. People are pursuing and finding you know, jobs that fulfill them. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, why are
2: people doing it and ways of we people can start transitioning? That's great. Thank you. Yeah, the great resignation, the great reshuffle. Oh, I love all these names uh, we identify. It's so, it's so true, too, though, because, you know, first and foremost, there's a lot of variables, right? And, and I, I've written about this type of stuff, and I kind of continuously read about just, you know, what's going on. And God bless the CHROs of the world, the chief human resource officers, because this is something I don't think any of us in staffing had ever kind of predicted as, some, as, as something that would happen, right? Where where the, the talent gets to make some decisions finally. A lot of variables. So first, you know, the, the, the big ones are the kind of the the internal, why am I here? And I feel like whenever these types of huge transitions occur just in the world, I mean, look at us, right? We're all kind of living through this thing. A lot of people start internalizing and they start kind of really figuring out who they are in their place in, the, in, in, in in their world, right? so if they're a operations manager at a company, why would they want to be there why Why is this company good for me anymore? So I think a lot of people first started getting that kind of wherewithal of, hey, why not me? Why can't I do better for myself and and this is a little thing that kind of just kind of clicked it on right and 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 you can kind of also blame some of the side things like me, social media media, everything's kind of telling you about everybody else doing it, so why not me kind of thing. So I think that's the first and foremost is that from a macro level, you know what's my place? Why do I want to get up at six a m and go drive in two hour traffic if I'm living outside of d c? And so from there, you start really picking apart the layers and figuring out what's the nuts and bolts. so things like benefits, work from home, mental health services. you know anything that's important to the to the talent starts to come through, and that everyone's different. So there's no one person's doing it all for this reason. this person's there's a lot of variables. so, but I think though, it's good first and foremost. So all you listeners out there, if you're scared to make the leap, don't, but know that everyone's different in terms of what's their financial stability if they did do the leap, who's relying on them as their caretaker, as like their, their dependent, right? So everyone's different. So everyone's going to have different ways to go about this next move. And so for the people out there that are wondering about it, I always say, first and foremost, you got to do the internalization. You gotta do the visualization and the realization. I kind of do this, this this trifecta thing I say on my posts sometimes on LinkedIn, but those are the big three. So you're you sit there and you go, okay, what am I good at? What do I like? What's my passion? What's what gets me going every day? What, what gets that tickle in the belly? Right. So if you're a financial analyst and you're just you hate going to work every day, maybe and you love finance, maybe it's just not that type of work, or maybe it is that type of work in a different atmosphere. So start to ask yourself and start to put together these you know, good and bad lists, right? Here's some positives with this stuff. Here's some negatives. So keep it very macro, very pragmatic thinking. You don't have to start diving into the nuts and bolts yet, but just start thinking from a from macro level, what am I good at? And what can I do for the world? What can someone pay me to do? Because that's the trick. You know, it's like, I, I, I want to be a pro golfer. I mean, i love to be a professional screenwriter, but no one's going to pay me right now to doing that. No one wants to watch me hit flop shots you know, over the green and then hit them back the other sand bunker and all this. So you got to like start to figure out what's logical in as a next career step. And if there's something you really want to do and you know you have some skills that might relate to it, but maybe not all of them, so start to figure out the upskilling opportunities. What can you credential yourself in, certify yourself so you can fill in those gaps and actually be of use? Because when it comes down to a hiring manager's perspective and a recruiter like I used to be, it's what can you do for me? What are you going to do to make my life easier if I hire you? What's going to resolve my pains because of this opening right now? And how are we going to keep moving forward and implementing continuous improvements and driving process changes and things that keep making the business function? And so if you can start thinking of how you're going to help the employers, figuring out the skills you can bring to the table and what you might have to upskill, that's that's a part of your beginning of your journey. So filling in the gaps, right?
1: Yeah, no, I like what I like what you said, how you started out by saying you have to do the internal work. You know, I, I guess I'm considered as part of the great resignation because I resigned from my job last year. And to your point about doing the internal work, a lot of that, you know, the reason I did decide to resign was because, you know, I have a daughter that I wanted to just spend more time with. You know, I was working from home, but I was glued to my computer. Like I know so many of us are, even though we are working remotely, you know, but we're still, you know, we still have to clock in to our jobs. And so I think, you know, just doing that internal work and understanding, like, don't follow the trend, right? Like really think about what is your why for why you want to resign? Because I know like you can get caught up on social media and say like, whoa, everyone's leaving their jobs. Everyone's becoming an entrepreneur (laughs) these days. And it's like, is that really what I want to do? Right. Like, really think about that and what your why is. And for me, that was my daughter. And, you know, we had to do the work, you know, also with our budget. Right. Because we were going down to one main income source. And so, you know, for all of our listeners that are listening out there, and I think you alluded to this, was you need to assess your financial stability, right? If you are going to resign, if this is something that you're deciding to do, then you need to do the work and assess your finances. Look at your budget. Do you have an emergency fund in place, which is three to six months at least of expenses that... You know, God forbid if something unexpected happens, if life happens, that you're able to ride that wave instead of just going into more debt. You know so this these are some of the things that we had to do to make sure that we were in a a good position so that we could you know so that I could resign and give more of my attention to my daughter.
2: and that's a great point. and you know, when you are kind of deciding what's your next move, so let's I love how you brought up entrepreneurship. that's like right? That's like everybody right now. And, and good, because I again, that's why I started back in 2009. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here. So when people are trying to figure out, okay, small business startup, when I was start, starting up, thank God we had the Obama 99 week thing. Because I mean, I wouldn't have been able to live up, start a company without the unemployment. And he kept extending it because, you know, it was just a turmoil in the economy. So I was blessed to have, and it wasn't, you know, 300 bucks a week, whatever it was, but that was enough to pay my bills, so I can make sixty dollars a week at the beginning, one hundred fifty dollars maybe for two. You know, like little peanuts, because I'm still learning my processes, and and I'm and I still, I mean, I'm I implement changes to my calendar constantly. Still, there's never like one right way, but the beginnings though, you really want to just be very small steps. Don't try to, you know, you're not going to if if you start off as like I'm going to be a, um, let's say you're going to be like. Hey, I want I want to get into consultancy. You know, financial consultancy work. I you know, I love finance. Blah blah blah. Okay, cool. So, but don't try to go and start doing commercial consultancy. Don't start trying to ping out the, you know, like people have been doing this stuff for twenty years or trying to land big deals. Just go with the small ones. Try to talk to friends, family, and maybe do it for free and try to gain some exposure, some experience from that side of things. I know it sucks, but we all had those internships in school that didn't pay anything. But what do you do? You learn networking. You learn business acumen. So sometimes you just got to be willing to kind of swallow your pride and learn and figure out what are the hoops you got to jump through, go through them. So is this,
1: are these some of like the tactics that you would recommend for someone changing careers? So like a lot of people today want to pivot and, you know, do something new. Like even for me, you know, I my career has been in healthcare for the last, I don't know, nine years. And so it's like, you know, I'm open to trying out a new industry. So what would you recommend, like, as a first step for someone who wants to just make that leap into a new career?
2: That's great. So first and foremost, you soak up the knowledge, right? You research there. What's cool is this isn't 75, 1975, where I got to go and like, you know, talk to people in person. God, people used to talk to each other in in person. You believe that? But it's like, you know, like. You have internet. We all have access to like ungodly amount of information. So first and foremost, if you want to be okay, this is great. So like, say like you want to get into healthcare. Okay, cool. What are the associations, the healthcare stuff? Right, Nurses of America. You want to go be a nurse? What is the career trajectory for a nurse? What do you got to get? Everyone, if you want to be an RN, you're gonna have to go to school. There's some things that you're gonna want to do that are necessary evils just to get to where you want to be. If you want to be a financial advisor, you got to go and get the series. So otherwise, you're gonna you know you can get busted for stuff like that. So First, find the map, the journey map. And it's so easy to figure out. I mean, you go on LinkedIn, go type in financial analyst and go look at what they did to get to to where they were at. What certifications do they have? LinkedIn is a treasure trove of like mapping journey, career journeys out. Talk to people on LinkedIn that might be strangers. You can always find a network to get you to that person. Maybe an old colleague of yours or an old buddy from school is doing something you want to do. Pick their brain. We call informational interviewing. Go and. Track down as much information as you can get, but don't get paralysis either. Start to bucket items. This information I learned is about the process of starting a business. This stuff I learned is a process of getting certified in this type of role. Or here's the bucket of my network of people that I want to make sure I keep tickling every few months because I feel like they can get me ahead eventually in my journey. And I want to hear what they have to say. So, you know,
1: I think for a lot of times this can be a little scary for people just to like go on LinkedIn and start reaching out to people. What do you recommend for people who may be a little bit, you know, introverted. <laughs> introverted, not be so like, hey, I'm gonna just reach out to everyone and contact them every so often to find out about opportunities.
2: That's great. And, and that's that's one of the biggest things I have with my clients. Are you a lot of introverts that you know networking to them seems daunting? And know that first when you're approaching someone, it's never an ask. It's never a gimme, gimme, gimme. It's a what can I do for you? It's a game you got to play, a psychological game. So you're like okay, I'm going to talk to this Mr. Manager at this company that I really want to work at. He's in charge of this kind of department I want to be in. And when you reach out to them, you want to say stuff like, hey, I saw you're at uh, Banker's Life and I've always wanted to work there. And I see you've been there for 20 years. What great loyalty. I just love to pick your ear, pick your brain and bend in your ear about what got you ahead at that company. What, what would make me a good candidate at that company? What or any candidate for that matter. right? What what are some you know things that you find that you're doing that really excite you about your role? Get them talking about themselves. People love talking about themselves or their company or their brand. So get them talking. And then the key here is if you can first just say, hey, you mind if I speak with you? I want to bend your ear about your career trajectory. It's something I aspire to be. I'd love to. And if they don't get back to you, fine, but you keep pounding the pavement. But then to keep the relationship, what you want to do is then follow up with them with like a thank you, and then follow up with them periodically with like an article link or something that's going to give them value. Hey, this is published recently. It impacts your business. I just want to make sure you saw it. I think it might be some good notes in there. And then after a few months, then you can start doing the ask if you feel comfortable, but you never want to do that up front. You really want to be minding your P's and Q's. And communication is like half the battle because I get people come to me going, I need a job. And it's like, they don't even say hi. Thank you for your time kind of stuff. And it's like, is this how you're approaching people in the business space? Because I mean, if it is, you ain't going to get anybody hitting you back up. So you really want to be mindful of how you're approaching people. But think in terms of if you're an introvert, just start slowly with some messaging. Keep it very professional, quick and have intention and it, make it about them at first. And then from there, you can start peeling back different communications, but look online. I even have some, if you guys, any audience wants to ping me, I have cold messaging templates I can give out. So let me know, but you can find templates online too. People have this type of things you can just kind of customize a little bit.
1: I think that's really great advice. So the first thing you said was research, research about this new career industry or field that you want to go into. And then next, you know, use LinkedIn as your resource in order to just find people in the industry already to reach out to them to see if they'll do an informational interview with you. Anything else that you would add, you know, for people, any other tactics you would add for people who want to change careers?
2: Yeah. So also, you know, set up some Google news alerts of your industry, right? Who are the big players, maybe a Google alert about their title, their name of those companies. And then yeah, use, I love LinkedIn. That's the sandbox that is for professionals and hire managers. So until someone else invents a new one, it's what we got to do, and it, it really is a very helpful if you can kind of start to learn how to use it. It's a little wonky, but um, we, won't, we won't go into too depth depths about LinkedIn, with just the, how it is as a platform. But I mean, it's where people live and breathe that are hiring or trying to like, you know, kind of that professional. And it's very safe, which is cool. If you're an introvert, you don't have to worry about getting bashed like on Twitter or having some sort of like political thing come at you. Everyone kind of knows the rules on LinkedIn, which is really nice. And if you get a couple boneheads out there that are you know either bots or just people who just don't know how to get the tool of using it you could just block them right so it's easy but so linkedin i love i love google news alerts for research industry associations again when i was hiring hvac techs at Johnson controls you know there was an hvac magazine i went to that association to talk to people and say hey you want to live in la and do hvac work so i mean you got to go where the circles are now you have reddits and quora of the world that are really great cuz now you can actually get into groups within those talk- discussions and chime in, share some insight. If you go on LinkedIn and you're like, I'm an introvert, fine, but maybe just go put a post out there about your thoughts are, let's say, you know, you want to be a financial analyst. Maybe you could say something like, hey, I read this article today, you know, about financial analysts of the world and, and how it's changing. Go and share it and then give your little spin on it. What's your thought leadership about the subject and share that because people, if it starts resonating with the right people, They'll want to connect with you. And now you have a connection. Now you have someone who's like minded, you can bounce ideas off of or whatever. But if you don't want to live and breathe your career, you don't have to all day, but you're gonna have to give some effort if you want to thrive in any sort of profession. If you how much you put in is how much you're gonna get out. And I know me, I love researching and working. It's just I'm I'm a workaholic, but I know how to balance too. But it's like if you're not into that stuff, you might just be a contributor and, and you're fine with that. Fine. Okay. But if you want to get up and kind of move ahead in succession, these are things that your, comp- your competition is doing. They're researching, they're trying to change the game, have disruption, whatever. And don't think you can't. The world's a small place, right? right with social media. Now. Yeah.
1: I definitely agree with that because, you know, for our listeners listening, you know, you know, you may know that RJ and I, we had to do those informational interviews to get promotions in our own careers or to leave our companies in some in some instances. And I would consider myself an introvert. And so I would not just encourage anyone listening, just do it, you know, do it afraid, just do it. You know, like that's all I can express to you is just like, do it afraid. You're, it's, it's, it gets easier the more that you do it, right? You know, the more that you put yourself out there you know, one of the other questions I have is along the lines of, okay, so I'm coming from another industry. I'm trying to break into this new industry. You know, how am I going to let my resume reflect that I'm even able to work in this new industry? Like what are some of the transferable skills that I can take from my previous industry over to a new industry?
2: Yeah, that's great. And that's essentially the key when you're putting out your messaging in the form of like a resume or your profile on LinkedIn, when your messaging is out there in the world, you want it to be clear, concise, and you want to have a grasp of it. Because otherwise, if you can't have a recruiter help you if you don't know what you want to do, right? You got to go to them knowing exactly, here's what I want you to help me find a role in. So this is good. So you want to essentially, job descriptions are gold, first and foremost. So go on, go on LinkedIn, Indeed, zip recruiter, find some roles, find five roles, and highlight the stuff you know in each of those roles. Here, project management, here, data analysis, uh, communicate, cross functional communications. These are kind of some fundamentals. Everyone's managed a project. Everyone can talk to different types of people. You know, these are some, and they're still hard skills. They're not, they're not soft skills. It's not, you know, amicable or personable or time oriented. You know, th- these are still hard skills. So figure out the highlights of things you can do and go into job description tasks, any tasks you can do. Then take those highlighted ones, massage the skills into the resume and take the task and build out your wins, your narratives under your experience section or accomplishment section that are exactly aligned with that type of task, but don't just copy and paste that task. What's your onus on that? So if it's full cycle project management you have to handle, you can even, you can say something like, uh, and again, I'm shooting from the hip, but, you know, uh, know, uh, heads, multiple full scale projects from concept through completion, including... And then give them your little personal one, right? Including a 25 million budgeted role that came in within budget and on time with high quality and occur, you know, and led to retention from the client. They want to do another project with us, right? So whatever your little spin on that task is, get that in there. And don't first off, don't fib, but second off, don't overstretch it either. So if it doesn't really relate, find out where it's going to be comparable and put it in there. My three pillars are if I'm writing any experience. I lean on these three ideas, and this helps eliminate redundancies as well as it keeps relevance. A, will it resonate, relate, right? To transferable, like you said, that's number one, doing stuff that is going to be in this role. Two, KPI bottom line, operational impact. What can you do for my business? And hiring managers love seeing if you can impact the dollar because again, every role is tied to some sort of numeric value. Or then C, three, What's unique? Do you win any awards, give a speech at a conference, get featured in a newspaper or a newsletter, have high-profile clients you worked with, whatever. So lean on those three principles. And if there doesn't relate to any of those three, you can take it off the resume. And I'll, I'll, I'll finalize by saying this, though, with that. When you look at these job descriptions and you highlight the ones you can do, also highlight the stuff you don't have. Maybe it requires Salesforce. If you don't have Salesforce and you know all these jobs you're looking at have Salesforce on them go upskill, go get Salesforce certified. People do it. There's so much free education right now, too. You might be able to actually do it for free, but that that requires you researching and figuring out how to plug those skills in, but everyone can get there. So can you.
0: Yeah. Those are great tips. And now that we're kind of doing a deep dive in terms of resumes, one thing I want you to, to elaborate on is ATS, Application Tracking System, how can people make sure that their resume gets through that system? Because no matter how great your resume is, if it, if it can't
2: get through that system, the hiring manager is never going to see it. Yeah, no, good. And that's great. And you know what's nice is that people are starting to realize what the ATS is finally. Like back 10 years ago, everyone's like, what is this? When I was a recruiter. This thing, all it did was take resumes and put them into a database for me to go find later. Now it's getting sophisticated where it's like a gatekeeper. It'll actually prevent some resumes from getting through, like you said. And when you know, some of those people are probably perfect matches. So first and foremost, linear resumes, meaning go to top, hit select all, copy and paste it into another Word document or a text document or online somewhere. You know, There's plenty of things online you could copy and paste stuff into. And see if it lines up the same as it does on your word. If it doesn't, you probably have hidden text boxes or you have some sort of column. You don't want any of that. You don't want text boxes. You don't want columns. You don't want pictures. You don't want graphics, anything that's going to bog down the reader because the, re- and the reader being the robot reader, because when the robot goes to parse this information into the system, it can't copy and paste your headshot on the top of the resume. No headshots. So you want to make sure everything is very, Linear in in sense of like how it's laid out, that will get you past the ATS. There's nothing other than that and keyword optimization that kind of really dictates who gets in and who doesn't. Now, keyword optimization is a little trickier. So, keyword optimization is essentially you're looking at that job description, and it's got you know a lot some hard skills. It's got some technical aptitude stuff. It has some things that are like like you know like between the job uh, tasks, there might be some words that kind of all kind of go together. Those are what you got to look for and make sure you weave those into the resume. I'm a recruiter. If I'm trying to find a supply chain manager and I have Lean Six Sigma as one of my biggest things you got to know, if you don't have Lean Six Sigma on your resume, you're probably not going to get found because that's an easy word to search for a recruiter. They can't search sales or sales and marketing because they're going to get inundated. They're trying to zero in on, on words that will separate you from the next person. So think like that. Think like a recruiter and know that if I can get these words that are a little unique in the job descriptions. and as long as you have them, don't fib. again, get those in there, you'll get boosted visibility and you'll get found.
1: That's really great advice. I know that that tracking system is, you know, you do all this work up front, you know, like you submit all these job applications, and then it's just silence for so long.
2: <laughs> yeah, the ghosting is an issue, and what's they're they're they call it candidate experience CX, and they're kind of starting to really spend some money on it because they're realizing that social media is not going away and people are going to bash you online. So we don't want reputation management. So HR is trying to improve the candidate experience. Now, not every company is going to have a good experience. I, I, I'm sorry about that as a job seeker, but it is what it is. And you know, we'll, 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 hopefully we'll get there.
1: <laughs> so just as far as writing our resumes, like, what are some mistakes that we should avoid? Common mistakes that people make that should be avoided.
2: Well, the first and foremost is do not capitalize everything because you think it's important to capitalize whatever you're capitalizing. I don't know if that's the resume writer in me. I don't know if recruiters are hung up on it, but I know I get so driven nuts. So think of grammatical, like English principles. Like, okay, if it's not a proper noun, don't capitalize it, right? Because if I was a recruiter or if if I was still a recruiter, but when I was a recruiter, I didn't care. Like, as long as the person could do the role, I'll clean it up, right? Because I needed that person to get to that opening. But The other side of it, the other side of that, is that the other recruiters that do care, they'll discount you for stuff like that. So they want someone who's detail oriented, following the rules. So think about like that. The other thing is, don't go into stuff that's irrelevant. Like I don't, you know, I get it. Like you worked at IBM, you're real proud of it in 1995 when it was IBM and Big Blue. Like okay, good, but like no one cares anymore, right? So like I always say this: if you're going to put something on the resume, you always got to say who cares at the end. So what? So. Here's this thing I'm writing. So what? If it doesn't have a so what to the end, like a, okay, and that could be relevance. That could be, is it within the last 10 years? If it's not, why am I listening on it? So what? What does it care? Right? If you're writing a sentence, completed work on time, you know, something kind of bland like that, that I'll see, like basic sentences like that, the end of it should be so what? What's that do for the bottom line? What's that do for your company? So ask yourself the so what for everything you write. Don't go too old. Remove dates from like, If you're out of the school by, you know, three, four, five years ish, get the dates off your resume. No one, not a deal breaker. Recruiters will, well, they need to know a date. They'll find out. And then I would say also infographics, stay away from infographics kind of goes with the idea of the headshots on the resume and all that stuff. Less is more. And people who are like, oh, this is a really cool looking resume. It's like, yeah, but it's not going to get through to the human eyeballs. And if it does, it's so much like flash where it's like, there's no substance on a lot of those. So if you do an infographic, like you're someone who might be in the creative space, just add it as an addendum on the application, send them a professional resume that's linear, like I said, and then save those for addendums. But those are kind of the top three, I'd say. People try to overdo the flash, they undersell themselves, or they're overly redundant, and you know, it's, yeah, it makes for a bad read. <laughs>
1: So no, I just want to like, so you mentioned a little bit about like having dates that might be too far out on your resume. What about gaps? You know, like, and I'm sure that's very real for a lot of people, especially today, as we talked about with the great resignation, some people are just taking breaks or were laid off from their jobs. And so there might be gaps in their resume. Are gaps really as important or not important as they were previously?
2: It's so funny you say that because It's exactly true now. It's like back in the, like when I was recruiting, like gaps and job hunters or job hoppers were like the biggest two red flags. Now gaps are being welcomed. And I think it's because for frankly, the lack of just trying to find the right talent. And they're like, okay, I don't care if this person was off for two years, just, you know, can they still do the job, but they will want to know what you were doing. And so I always say twofold, if you were doing stuff that can be a good gap filler, meaning maybe some volunteer work, some work that was pro bono but stayed in the industry or you know anything that could, again, so what, right? But if it's if you weren't doing anything, you can't just make something up either. I mean, you know, you kind of want to still be honest. But my advice for gaps is don't look at those as big of an issue as like say the job hopping. If you're a job hopper, Still a huge flag because again,
1: what's the definition of a job hopper?
2: Job hopper is the old two year stints. The entire two years, time. <laughs> two oh my years gosh, stints. if you can get three years, <laughs> hey, that's not as bad. Two and under, I mean, talk about, if you're doing year stints, forget it. Like, I mean, I feel don't like I learned, guys. you
1: should change jobs every two years, you know? <laughs> no,
2: like, don't no, change. I but
0: think here's what i there's one industry in tech, it is okay yeah. uh, <laughs> that I noticed.
2: Yeah. And advertising. Okay. <laughs> advertising, Man, they don't care either.
1: <laughs> two years. Once you're two years in, the, the honeymoon stage ends, you know, and then you're like, yeah. I need something new. So
2: <laughs> And here's where they get worried is because managers know, hey, if I'm like, because and this is why I always kind of end with a lot of my podcasts as a guest is is like be easy on hiring managers, recruiters because they're trying. And here's what the thing is: like, if you go into this whole, like we're gonna open a requisition, we're gonna go source. We're going to recruit, we're going to have conversations, interviews, we're going to offer, we're going to negotiate, then we're going to onboard, do drug testing, all this stuff all the way through training. And then the person leaves, that's where they're like, oh, we got to do all this crap again. I mean it's expensive and it's timely. So that's where they get nervous because they're like, okay, why is the trend going to stop with us? You know? So, but again, everything's changed. So who knows in a couple of years, once we're kind of hopefully out of this you know, maybe they won't care about that as much because they saw people were just trying to figure out their, their, their new you, their new me. But yeah, I'll, Hey, if I'm a recruiter and you got every two years, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. The mill- millennials are different. So we'll see uh, yeah. how this uh, pans out. So, uh, no, yeah. so I guess, you know, just as we're wrapping up here, like what, what advice would you give to a listener today who wants to seek out a new opportunity What's the very first thing that they should do to start that process?
2: Go to Google and type in how to be a and fill in the blank. Once you type in that, look at the first couple pages. And from there, it will bring the hole you need to be in. You'll start going down the the tunnel you need to go through. After you do that, go on LinkedIn and type in that title and start picking some profiles and reading through them. But while you're doing all this, have a journal so you can track the goods. And that's your goal is keep tracking the good stuff because otherwise you're going to get analysis paralysis we all get it it can get overwhelming but if you keep it again very pragmatic very macro level at first the deep dive will come and and you'll start you'll start rolling
1: okay that's great advice and you know one thing that I think I I would just want to convey to our listeners is that networking is so important. RJ and I, we've talked about that before on our, on this podcast, the, the power of networking, the power of relationships, the power of just putting yourself out there so that people know the work that you're capable of. And, you know, we always say it's not about who, you know, it's,
0: it's about who knows you.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: right. There you and, go. you know, it, it, as you mentioned earlier, LinkedIn is a tool. We have Google, we have all of these resources nowadays and even if you're an introvert, yes. like it's Might easier be. to hit the send button versus, you know, going on a lunch meeting mm-hmm. with someone. So, take advantage of it. You know, start with one person a day and just build from there do the Google, how to be dot, dot, dot. I love that, that tip as well. Mm -hmm. And then back to the resume where you just said, make sure that it's, you know, relevant, make sure that there's substance in there, make sure that it shows the KPIs and make sure that it shows like what's unique to you. Those are uh, amazing tips. And, you know, it's, it's, we have a a great opportunity in front of us. So many jobs are open now, so many movement of roles, and it it allows people to just have opportunity to get into fields that they may have not just two years ago. So it all starts with intention, take that First step, and that's great. But lastly,
2: Matt, where can we, where can people find you? Where can they uh, get in contact with you at? Thank you for that. Yeah, it's uh, jobstickers.com. It's like pot stickers, but job stickers. And that will take you to my website. It's actually linked to my blog, but it's embedded on my website. So if you guys need to contact me out there, like I said, I'd be glad to give out some free cold messaging templates to anyone who mentioned y'all during the email. And, but on jobstickers, I post every day. So come follow my blog. And I'm one of those ones that opens the lid a lot. I don't like the paywall stuff. So if you keep monitoring, you'll find all these tips and tricks that we think of as writers, career coaches, and, and recruiters. So keep that in mind if, if if you want to kind of follow along. Okay. okay.
1: Thank you me. so much, Matt. This was a great episode. You shared a lot of great tips. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for your time, guys. It was a pleasure. <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at richbyintention for money tips and inspiration.